0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The House GOP proposal is not going anywhere. It's, 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 gonna, it's dead before it even is voted on. That's Chuck Schimmer. Telling House Republicans the $14.5 billion for Israel? Yeah, we're not going to vote on that. I don't know why Chuck Schumer hates Jews. Somebody's going to have to ask him. What? Is that not how we play the game? Because I'm pretty sure that's how we play the game. Chuck Schumer doesn't want to provide aid to Israel. Therefore, Chuck Schumer hates Jews. I don't know why the Senator of New York would go about doing such a thing himself being Jewish. But hey, that ain't my problem. Speaker Mike Johnson should say this is the deal. Support Israel or not, jerk, and then walk away. Although I don't know if Mike Johnson would call anybody a jerk. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY, that's the number, feel free. Disagree, Let, let let us be people to expose what is really going on. Let us expose the people who are okay with tearing down the posters, of course, Hamas attacking Israel, 1,400 people dead. Israel engaged in a response. They are engaged in the ground incursion. There could be more war coming. Of course, you've got Hezbollah up to the north. You've got Hamas in the Gaza Strip. The Rafah Gate has been opened, which will let people head over uh, to Egypt, although the people coming out is slow going. Remember, Jordan said they won't take any refugees. Egypt at the first refused to take any refugees. Nobody cares about these Palestinian people. If they cared about these Palestinian people, Rashida Talib and Ilhan Omar would want to get rid of Hamas. But no, they want Hamas to get rid of Israel. See the see the difference? The Palestinians won't have any better life if Israel's gone. It'll be worse. Because Hamas has already proven they can't turn on the water or on the electricity. You need Israel to do that. It's got to be a weird thing when you want to kill all the Jews, but they're the only people who can get you fresh water. That's very messed up. You want them dead, but you need them to live. We call that, kids, a conundrum. But we could also say that's what happens when you rely on vicious, despicable, low-life terrorists to run your society. Yet we have these elected officials and these college students that all wanna support the low life terrorists, even though they can't run a society. And so what do these people who, who support the low life terrorists do? They rip the posters off of, uh, off of walls and off of signposts and off of traffic lights. People across the country put up these posters of the missing. They put up posters of uh, people who've been taken hostage. And there are others who, they, 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 they take the posters down. And they're thrilled by it. Now, some of them won't look at the camera as someone's recording it. Some people are like, blank you and blank Israel and blank this. And what, I'm not doing anything wrong. What's the problem? These are all lies. It's just propaganda. Massive support for terrorists, right here in the United States. But the support is not just from these uh, pathetically minded folk. This is the New York Times, how posters of kidnapped Israelis ignited a firestorm on American sidewalks. The posters did this? Posters of a missing person ignited a firestorm? If you want to know where the New York Times is on the subject of Israel's existence and Jews in general, there you go. The poster ignited the firestorm, not the people tearing down the posters, not the illiberal left that cannot see its way clear to letting a poster stay up, a sign stay up. No, no, no. it has to be torn down. If you don't use the right pronoun, you are a bigot who needs to go to jail. If you don't decorate the cake for somebody coming out as this, that, or whatever, you go to jail. You're the bigot. You tear down a poster. Well, there's a lot of nuance here. You don't want people to know that there are hostages. These people don't care that there are hostages. These people like the idea that there are hostages. These people want the hostages to die. That's who they are. Over at Cornell University, they found a person of interest involved with the death threats. His name is Patrick Day. I think it's pronounced Day. It could be Dai, D-A-I. He's 21. He's majoring in engineering. Named in the federal complaint... With posting threats to kill or injure another using interstate communications. It could get him up to five years in jail. What did he post? If you see a Jewish person on campus, follow them home and slit their throats. Hey, Tony, why do you carry a firearm? Uh, I don't know. Oh, he's got other ones uh, about rape. Rape and kill all the Jewish women before they birth more Jewish Hitlers. That's what this guy wrote. 21-year-old Asian. I'm just describing him. One of the the, the messages read, the genocidal fascist Zionist regime will be destroyed. They do favor genocide. They call Israel genocidal, but they favor the destruction of Israel and the wiping out of Jews. They're the people who favor genocide the guy wrote that you should kill all the Jews. They want to eliminate you having any feeling uh, in, in your soul for anybody related to Israel, so you we shouldn't see the hostages. Why? Because there should be no one who ever complains about what Hamas did. Hamas is fine in their eyes. The United Nations blaming Israel. I bring this up as a part two conversation to earlier. I bring it up as part of a a greater talk in explaining what it is that we are all dealing with. How is this possible this happens on college campuses? How is this possible it happens in the halls of Congress? How is it possible? It's a very weird question to me it's a very weird question that or or or, or moment when people are amazed that this happens this is a jewish student on the campus of harvard being surrounded by jew hating protesters and when he tries to move around them they encircle him They won't let him leave. They're screaming shame at him, like it's a really bad takeoff of Game of Thrones. Do I have to mention again why I'm armed? No. Okay. Good. But I have been seeing, in a lot of places, this this uh, this thing from from people I know who are Jewish and people who I don't know. I've seen this in a couple of places. I'm Jewish and I'm afraid. Reach out to somebody who's a Jewish who, because they're, they're scared and they're worried and let them know you care. Well, a lot of people have reached out to me and I find it to be very kind. I, I, I really do. But I must be clear that I am not in any way afraid. Zero. Fear. And, and I want to warn against this idea. This idea of posting that Jews are afraid. I don't give a good holy damn about your emotions at all. Because your emotions, if that is what's leading you, is every bit the problem that led us here. You thought abortion was the most important subject in America. And so when you saw the Jew-hating bigots of the Democrat Party, you avoided it. You averted your eyes because abortion, that's what we have to vote for. When you saw that Trump moved the embassy to Jerusalem and that Trump worked, yes, even with that terrible Jared Kushner for the Abraham Accords, you still decided that mean tweets were more dangerous. Mean tweets were more of an issue. You had to avert your eyes to things that were happening that were better for Israel. And one could argue, even though I'm an American, better for Jews uh, as a whole. And you still voted for the political left. When you go back to 2012 and the Democratic Party at the convention would not agree to ratify that Jerusalem was the capital of Israel on two different votes they would not agree on the third vote those in charge was Antonio Villaraigosa at the time lied and said we have two thirds of vote it passes just lied just made it up you averted your eyes when you knew there was bigotry on college campuses like Columbia, if you send your kid to Columbia, shame on you, on Harvard's campus, on Cal Berkeley's campus, Madison, Wisconsin campus, when you saw the Jew hatred and the bigotry of the Democratic Socialists of America and your kids still went to those colleges because you wrote the check and they joined those organizations because they're really fighting for the underdog and you averted your eyes, you looked the other way. Cause it was easier than recognizing that you were wrong. And today, after October 7th, you now wanna say, I'm afraid. Well, I'm afraid you don't get that opportunity. I'm afraid you don't get that right. I'm afraid nobody cares that you're afraid. The only thing that matters now is what are you going to do? This is the moment that John Galt came a-calling and laid it out on the line. And no matter what you feel nor the tear that runs down your cheek, you now have to make a decision. What are you going to do? What is your plan? I start with, Um, No plan can involve being afraid. Grow up. You're adults. And you have your back against the wall and people who want you dead inside the United States, never mind in Israel. And never mind the poorest southern border, which I'll get into, where people are coming across from Iran and people who have explosive devices. There is no mathematics, not a one, where the Jewish person votes for Democrats in 2024. There is not a single mathematics that makes that work. I dare you to tell me otherwise. 833-468-8669. Wait, wait. Are you still telling me that you got to vote for Democrats because abortion? Abortion's your argument? The abortion you're not going to have? That's your argument? Well, I got to stand up for women's rights. If you stand with those people and vote for those people, you'll be dead. They're threatening you on college campuses. They're threatening you in the halls of Congress with their actions. Chuck Schumer won't vote for the aid package because it doesn't fit his political desires. You telling me? you telling me you're so unbelievably and i mean this word stupid that you're going to vote focus on abortion rather than your kid's future this this is an argument well if that's your argument please don't tell me about being scared i don't want to listen to this you're not scared you want it to be over you're not scared, you're a quitter. You've given up. You don't give a damn. There is no fight in you. There is only please, please, I promise I'm really nice. I'll live under your rule. Just don't hurt me. See, I care. When I have talked for years. For y- you guys have been here. We've been through this together for years about liberals who have uh, replaced their Judaism with their liberalism. I never lied. I'm as right today as I was then. We all are because we saw it. And also, there are plenty of non-Jews who have done this as well, and you know that. If you tell me abortion is the reason you still vote for Democrats, you're as dumb as a stump. You deserve every bit of derision you get. You hate yourself, and you hate your children. And when you post on social media that I'm scared, you're not scared. You're a virtue-signaling loser. Now, that is not usually talk I engage in. That is not usually how I discuss things. But I, for the sake of this conversation, am trying to break through a wall. I'm trying to show with with, with everything in me without engaging the kind of words you can't use on radio the irrational nature of this response, the immaturity of this response, the self-hate of this response. This Democratic Party has shown you in every way from the college campus to the halls of Congress They don't care about you at all. Whether you're Jewish or whether you're just decent, they don't care about you at all. They've shown you how illiberal they are. They've shown you how obscene they are, how hateful they are, how destructive their wishes are. And you're going to respond with, well, abortion, I got to vote for them. And I said that they replaced their Judaism with liberalism. No, they replaced it with abortionism, obviously. I didn't know that was a religion until now, but hey, live and learn. Don't say that you're scared and then vote for the people terrorizing you. If you're scared, grow up, stand up and make a change so you don't have to be scared anymore. I'm Tony Katz. Can I ask what they're doing to the eye drops that makes them unsanitary? I've seen the story a hundred different ways over the last few days that federal regulators Warning consumers to stop using eye drops and gels from a series of brands because of unsanitary conditions in a manufacturing plant. Twenty-six eye care products, part of the uh, alert. CVS Health leader, which is Cardinal Health, Rugby, which is Cardinal Health, Rite Aid, Target up, and uh, Target up and up, and Velocity Pharma. What are they finding? That's the question. What in the world is this? This reminds me of baby formula all over again. Because I didn't know that there were, you know, uh, you got one plant that makes, you know, brands in 17 different ways for, for, for little drops for your eyes. There's some artificial tears, and it depends on the company, linked to a drug-resistant strain of the bacterium Pseudomonas aeruginosa which I'm pretty sure is something once said by Harry Potter. Leading the FDA and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to warn consumers to stop using them in January. Oh, crap. Four deaths and vision loss in 14 patients. Okay, I apologize if I made any Harry Potter joke. Oh, dang. Oh, I need a pro. Jason, you got to find us somebody who can explain this are in char- I'm putting you officially in charge of that. Good luck with that. I want well, you. Got to find somebody. How? What is happening in these plants? Or is it really just one plant? And and I mean, I'm going to ask the question this way: Is this something that naturally occurred? A mistake that was made? Or was this more insidious? Meanwhile, talk to your pharmacist and just be safe. This is Tony Katz today. Somebody on Facebook selling the original pole position arcade cabinet video game. Which, as a kid, was everything. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Oh, that is... That is so good. I don't have the room for it. But I I, I guess those pictures of the kids can you know just go in the attic. That'll be fine. 833 Tony. that's the number, 833-468-8669. The border is the biggest story in America. We talk about it often. We talk about it often. That the border is what matters most and thank goodness we have got an administration very focused on it.
1: And when people around the world cannot discern fact from fiction, because of a flood of AI-enabled mis- and disinformation. I ask, is that not existential for democracy?
0: Well, one could argue that certainly you don't want disinformation out there, like, for example, uh, that the border is fine. The border is, is not fine. The border is nowhere near fine. The border is anything but fine. The border is a big, hot mess. But thank goodness you are very focused, Vice President Kamala Harris, on the idea of misinformation and disinformation, which we have been getting from your administration. Getting from your in, uh, your administration, including just yesterday from Alejandro Mayorkas, when he started explaining that what's happening, see, is that the border is 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 broken, and somehow it's the fault of the Republican Party. What an odd and peculiar thing to say! But then again, he's an odd and peculiar man. I mean, look at him for try and look at him for more than five minutes. You can't do it. He's like he is like the. Cousin of Harry of uh, Henry Waxman. Oh, oh, that's a good pull, cats. Henry Waxman line that is solid. Can I could could I please get a little applause, a little respect? Could I get a, a a little bit of a of a Jeb Bush please clap moment going on? Thank you. My gosh, what you have to pull for? I mean, this was. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, asking a legitimate question. How many people have come across the border? This is what he's asking to Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary. How many people has this administration let in by encountering, processing, dispersing, or that have come in as a known uh, or or unknown gotaway? Approximately. I don't need an exact number. So what do we got? Senator, let me, let me, let me I, say... I need numbers. I, again, don't filibuster me. How many people has this administration led into the country? Let, let me say at the outset that uh, our job would be a lot easier if the broken immigration system was fixed. No, just, Mr. Secretary, the I want a, a number. How many people have you led into this country? I, I should also How, uh, Okay, let, I'll, I'll give you the number. It's about 6 million. Won't answer the question. We're getting very, very used to this. But we must dig in... To this idea of broken immigration system. Because I don't mind that argument. I don't mind you telling me that it's broken. A broken immigration system is different than a porous border. Let's start there. You allow people into the country. Who should not be allowed into the country. Because you... Do not actually secure anything. You have not made the case for securing anything. You have not made the demands for securing anything. You haven't done it. You state the system is broken as if that absolves you of your sins. If we're talking about a system for taking people into the country, sure. If we're talking about a a, a system for keeping people out in terms of policy, I'm with you. But where has been your argument for enforcing the laws that we do have and demanding better? It's been three years. There comes a moment where you are the problem because you're unwilling to do the work we see you and the answer is you don't want to do the work you don't care because if the system is broken and this is the umpteenth time you've shown up in front of congress wouldn't you have some solutions already is your solution just more money that's a weird solution if you ask me what are you going to throw the money at? Is it going to be more Border Patrol? Because you don't seem to throw the money at that. Is it more razor wire? Because you seem very much opposed to that. Is it policy? What have you said to President Biden in under the guise of we need to change the laws and here's what we need? Or are you afraid of your boss? You cannot make change if you are afraid but if you're only interested in keeping the job and doing uh, the bidding of people who want to do the nation damage well then you'd keep doing exactly what it is that you're doing because this is only doing the nation damage that's it tremendous, tremendous damage is being done. And it's being done because you won't admit to the issue. Rather, you'll complain about the issue. Complaining doesn't do anything. Meanwhile, the people crossing the border. The people crossing the border is a massive, massive number. When we talk about the fact that the border is open, the border is wide open. The number of Godaways that we can confirm is 600,000. Who confirmed it? Alejandro Mayorkas. He confirmed it. When you talk about the people who have, have crossed and, and the numbers, where they come from, Venezuela, Russia, Iran, China. Now, the numbers from Iran and China are actually in like the double digits. The Venezuelans is hundreds of thousands. I think in the, the Russians, I don't know if it's gotten to 100,000 or 10,000. But one of the numbers is you've got like 17 uh, who are Iranian and 23 who are Chinese nationals as Godaways. Remember, they're not all Godaways. I was at the border. And I was nose to nose with Chinese nationals. Grown men who had come into the United States. Why would we let grown men into the United States? Totally beyond me. Grown Chinese nationals. There's no trust in the Communist Chinese Party. Goodbye. Back you go. You're out. You're gone. See you later. Have a nice day. Thank you, Cleveland. Good night. I mean, that's that's just a, a rational course. So those are the people who got into the country. Never mind people who are sneaking over. Never mind people who want to do damage to the nation. People crossing with explosive devices. I mean, it, it, it is as bad as you think. And one would think, one would think, that we could put an end to such a thing. That we would be in a place where together we would recognize the issue. But how is that possible when the head of Homeland Security won't even admit to what the issues are and and bring about fixes? But rather, it's a broken immigration system, and then everybody parrots, it's a broken immigration system and nothing gets done. the cowards, these children, and and they think that somehow we don't notice. We know that this is not the way you act and not the way you, 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 you grow anything, not the way you make anything better. Things don't get better this way. They're playing a game and the game is with our lives and it's messed up. In order to solve the problem, you have to first recognize what it is. Our system allows too many people to enter the country illegally and does not vet those who wanna come across legally, I think, with enough detail. But first, let's be clear, there's a difference between legal and illegal immigration. Let's just end the illegal immigration to the best of our ability. We can't agree on that? No, you don't want to agree on that. And that's why you won't say anything in the hearings. Because your boss has made it clear. He gives in to the progressive wing. And the progressive wing says, open the doors. I'm Tony Katz.
1: People in this country making violent anti-Semitic threats are they domestic terrorists? I, I don't uh, know that we're classifying people as domestic terrorists for that. I mean, I, that's really a question better left to law enforcement. I'm, I'm not aware that there's been such a, uh, a characterization of that.
0: So um, if, if, if I use the wrong pronoun uh, again, uh, I'm misgendering people or I'm dead naming. I, I should go to jail but if you're saying kill all the jews uh John Kirby uh you don't you national security administration you don't know if that's a that's domestic terrorism okay okay i guess we're going to have to figure that out luckily when it comes to remember when uh was it was just oh yeah just today um that uh that uh, we, we have the White House talking about the importance of speaking honestly and speaking clearly and speaking uh, w- with clarity. Corinne Jean-Pierre. Does President Biden
1: think the anti-Israel protesters in this country are extremists? What I can say is what we've been very clear about this. When it comes to anti-Semitism, there is no place. We have to make sure that we speak against it very loud uh, and be uh, and be very clear about that. Remember, what the president decided to, when the president decided to run for president is what he saw in Charlottesville in 2017, when we, he saw uh, neo-Nazis marching down the streets of Charlottesville uh, with vile anti-Semitic, uh, just hatred. And he was very clear then and he's very clear now. Uh, he's taken in actions against this over the past two years and he's continued to be clear. There is no place, no place for this type of and despite, despite this, this kind of rhetoric.
0: Then where is he to say that these college students are wrong? Why not? You got the bully pulpit. It's not that they can't say things that are wrong. Why not tell them they're wrong? Where is the time for moral clarity here? It's not now? There's no time to teach uh, these kids this lesson? I don't know, Uh, maybe uh, Joe Biden has been busy. Maybe um, he's been busy with, uh, uh, I don't know, just, uh, well, saying weird stuff. Harris Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Got hairy legs that turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. We sure do know the thing, Joe, and you've added to it in an absolutely positively beautiful way with this incredible bit of insight and you know when you've bounced a few checks like i did you know when i was trying to get started it uh
1: anyway that's over
0: well my gosh i feel like we're in good hands uh maybe that's why he's uh not capable of just engaging some moral clarity the, the the lack of leadership is a great part of this conversation. I think it was was Fox News that had the headline, Deep Divides on Israel threatens to Rip the Democratic Party Apart for a Generation. Prove it. Nothing would make me happier uh, than people realizing, my gosh, there are a lot of bigots in this party, can't be a part of it. Show me that they're going to leave. Show me that they're going to walk away. Show me where they're going to go. This was Mayim Bialik. Big Bang Theory, sometimes host on Jeopardy. And this goes along with the lines of the people who say that they're scared. It. it I'm not sure what to do with this information.
1: There has not been an experience in my lifetime that has prepared me for this. I have heard from many people my whole life that anti-Semitism is growing, that the Holocaust, while we say we will never forget, many have forgotten, and the swiftness with which the global population has seized upon the massacre of Jewish civilians living inside of a border. The swiftness with which the world has stepped up to redefine terrorism to redefine statehood, to redefine the right of a people to exist. Nothing has prepared me or any of us for this. I don't
0: want to be angry with Mayim Bialik, but everything has prepared you for this. You just had to see it. You just had to open your eyes and watch it. Everything has been preparing us for this. I don't want to be mad at her, but you think that the Democratic Party is going to get ripped apart for a generation? Show me. Show me where they learn their lesson. Show me where they start doing it better. Show me when they leave. Show me when they change their vote. They didn't see this coming. I don't know how. But show me that they'll change because I don't believe it yet. This is Tony Katz today.